0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Head in the Office. We're on episode two. My name is Jeremy. I'm Gage. Uh, welcome back. I uh, hope you liked the first episode. Uh, remember to leave a five-star review on the pod. Maybe we'll read it. Uh, additionally, we're starting a Patreon. It That's may be right. in the description. It may not be. We are waiting on it to be verified by the Patreon people. So
1: Either way, it'll be up by next week. Third time's a charm. You know yeah, what I'm saying?
0: so if you want to support the show, go ahead and uh, become a patron. You know, that might be pretty cool.
1: Become a patron. You'll be really cool, and I'll think about you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we'll think about you. Maybe we'll talk about about you on the pod. Exactly. Maybe maybe I'll give you you a quick
1: little shout out, you know?
0: Uh, Also, we started a YouTube uh, where we're just also going to be posting the podcast, same as everywhere else. Uh, You can go ahead and subscribe to it, view the podcast there. First episode's already up. True. Give it some love. Share it around. Depending wherever
1: you view the podcast, you know, give it a like. Subscribe to the YouTube, Ray five stars on Apple whenever it goes up on Apple. Exactly, exactly.
0: So uh, between the last episode and this episode, Gage and I actually had a two-week break, even though there's only a week distance in yeah. between uh, episodes because I was on vacation in Colorado with the family. Um, and I wanted to talk about the airline industry real quick because we flew. Yeah. Um, and my mom and dad listen to the pod, so they'll appreciate this. But, oh, my God, the airline industry is absolutely terrible. Whole, yeah. First of no, all, hirotious. you can do everything correctly. You're there on time. You got your bags checked in. You're checked in. You're doing everything correctly, and they're still consistently bad.
1: Oh, yeah, and they'll just lose your luggage, too. <laughs> yeah, and that happened <laughs> last time no, we went to Colorado. God.
0: And they're consistently bad. They're missing, whether it be flight attendants, pilots, or, like, people just aren't getting on yeah. correctly. Yeah. And the problem is that you have no choice.
1: Oh, yeah, no. Every, it's a big oligopoly.
0: Yeah, it's basically an oligopoly. Every airline is like that. And you have no other choice because you go anywhere else, same thing's going to happen. And if you want to travel quickly across the country or to another country, mm-hmm. that's your only option.
1: Yeah, you got to pay an arm and a leg for decent service.
0: Yeah, and meanwhile, they also treat their workers terribly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, not like you real, can choose whole... an ethical option. So as a consumer, you're kind of just screwed.
1: And they're all basically the, the same thing.
0: Yeah, so they're all the same. That that was that was pretty terrible. Um, other than that though, vacation was was pretty fire. Glad to be back in the stew though. Exactly.
1: Glad to be back on the podcast.
0: <laughs> Glad to be back in the very humble studio. Um, d- very and actually, very humble. We'll studio. talk about the airline industry a little bit later when we talk about Biden's executive order. Um, but anyway, I guess let's get on to the news. First, yeah, we got, First, we got Trump's today. speech at CPAC, and this is exactly. this is all gauge right here. This CPAC, is all gauge.
1: Sorry, right, so. Didn't want – I could not sit through the whole thing. Me neither. I didn't watch it. Naturally. You know, it's 90 minutes of this dude just rambling off about whatever. But it's all on 110, right? So I caught the last 30 minutes. And this dude is just going buck wild, ramping up law and order rhetoric. But the big part for me was how he's talking about getting Biden's order to get troops out of the (laughs) Middle East. And it's like, dog. Pick aside. On one hand, he's saying, "Wow, I would have done it faster." First off, you didn't. You had four years mm-hmm. to get troops out. You didn't do it. I thought Jared Kushner brought peace to the Middle East. What's going on?
0: Yeah, that's the thing that they talked about so often. <laughs> What's they going on? About Jared Kushner bringing peace to the Middle East with the what was it Abraham Accords? Yeah, and now he's criticizing Biden for doing what he should have done already.
1: Exactly, and it's like, <laughs> is it one? It's not our business. Whatever's going on in the Middle East, and two. Simultaneously, while he's saying that like he would have got troops out better, he wouldn't have left equipment there, which we'll circle back to, <laughs> he's criticizing Biden for not intervening with the Taliban-Afghan conflict that we were talking about last week, like at the end of the show. Yep. And it's like, dog, what do you want? Do you really want us to violate that peace treaty? Do you really want us yeah. to just be all up in someone else's business like that? I know you do because there's money to be made over there, but like, fuck.
0: I mean, I guess Trump is in line with just about every other president saying that they were going to get troops out or saying that they did get troops out and then yeah. they just didn't. But it, it's so funny to see him at CPAC, especially in Texas, of all C-Pack places, Dallas, <laughs> especially in Texas. And he's talking about, like, you left F-150s behind. Like no, shut no, up.
1: Literally, So after after Trump's speech, I was obviously watching Fox News, you got to. So I can yep. see the coverage afterwards. And immediately they start talking about the story. They're rolling B-roll from, I forget what the base is called, but it's apparently the biggest base over in Afghanistan. And we're out of there. We're out of that hole. Pretty yeah. cool, right? Yeah. But we left a bunch of equipment behind is what Trump was complaining about. And in the B-roll, bro, I tell you. So you got like, they open it up. It's like standard, like regular old military vehicles that have probably already been outdated anyway yeah. with the way that the wheels, the military industrial complex just keep turning no matter what. <laughs> so that's really a non-issue. And half of this... Uh, 75% of what they were showing that we left behind was rusted up F-150s.
0: Oh my god.
1: Just <laughs> big Henry Ford guys over there.
0: F-150s. Yeah, I, I couldn't force myself to watch the speech because I I saw it was an hour and a half. Um, and like I said, I was on vacation, so I just I could not force myself yeah. to watch an hour and a half of Trump. Um entertaining guy says some stupid shit, but it's it's really I don't understand how he can make these arguments. And then they buy like people at CPAC just eat it up.
1: Oh yeah. And they no, just eat it up. Coomin' for it. Yeah. Obviously, bro's coming through with the quotes. So many times he just uses we need to defeat the radical left Marxists where well, are they? Where, where are they dog? <laughs> where are the, like?
0: <laughs> Who said that originally? Uh Z Zizek Zizek? Yeah, Zizek. Yeah. I couldn't even say his name. Um yeah, where are the Marxists?
1: they're not around not my in body. the white house not, at all. not in Congress not in congress not in congress not in any legisl lettuce- legislator anywhere yeah exactly they're online maybe twitter maybe right here <laughs> yeah on the spot <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on maybe the spot. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe who knows i honestly don't give a shit about like quick side rant i don't really give a shit about labels like on the left yeah i don't think it matters you know what i mean yeah we are so far away from getting what we want That I don't think all this inviting really does anything. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's infinitesimal compared to the larger movement. Yeah,
1: at the end of the day, me and Tankies kinda want the same thing to start off with, but we're not gonna get there soon. So it doesn't matter. Ideological differences don't
0: really matter in that case, yeah.
1: We don't have any power. But then, oh my god, this this also another literal quote (laughs) I pulled from it defund critical race theory. (laughs) See, I know this is a quote because it doesn't make any fucking sense. (laughs) it just doesn't be, what does defund critical
0: race theory mean i don't know it's not being funded i thought I thought conservatives were against boycotts
1: remember oh, that ben shapiro tweet yeah. from a while ago this yeah. was like a couple weeks ago
0: they're not supposed to be defunding things
1: exactly bro one <laughs> like it's not fun what do you mean by that like defund colleges maybe
0: it's just a buzzword yeah i mean they not. that critical race theory is you know you can uh, sub in any kind of word they use to galvanize the base, and that's all it is.
1: That's right, Black Lives
0: Matter, it's all the same thing. No, that's
1: just funny. That made me laugh out loud. Again, this dude went on just a crazy rant, like 10, 50 minutes maybe. I don't know. That's what it felt like, at least to me. I could barely sit through it. The whole thing was about how – I don't even know if, it, if it's like under Biden, whatever. I don't know what exactly this dude was talking about. But he was talking about how he went to an aircraft carrier, right? And it's a new aircraft carrier mm-hmm. that was reportedly going to cost about $2 billion. It ended up costing 18000000000 billion. Doesn't surprise me considering how <laughs> wasteful a lot of military spending is anyway. But he was just railing against it. And he was talking about how they are trying to make the shift from steam-powered to electric-powered like shit. Yeah. And it's like, one, what's wrong with that, my guy?
0: Trump was complaining about all of this?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, he He's he just rambling. It's one of his rants, you know, signature rants. <laughs> yeah. And he's saying that's why other countries are laughing at us, because we're, we're switching from steam to electric. And then he's talking about, I'm pretty sure he made up all the people that he was talking to on the boat. Like, these don't sound like real people. They just <laughs> sound like him if he was in the roles. He's saying that they were complaining about how hard it is to operate all these electric components. It's like, I don't think you know how an electric engine runs. Like, especially Learn. compared to a Steam engine, Learn. He's like, you need like a master's graduate degree to be able to do this. A lot of the guys have that. Yeah. Especially like once you get to like, what is it? Like 90% of the military is just pencil pushers and like people doing regular people jobs. Yeah. Like most of them don't see combat. And especially like once you get like Air Force, Navy, all those guys, they're smart. Yeah. And they hire technicians because they know how to do this stuff.
0: I don't see they are you why calling Americans stupid? I don't see why they're complaining about it, especially because even if it is complex, that's gonna create more jobs. <laughs> that gives people a chance to learn a new skill. And I thought that's what they were all about. Like that's just an easy way to create more jobs and be good for the environment. Like exactly. come on now.
1: And he didn't even tie it back to Biden at the end, which I thought it was funny. But the funniest part about it to me is it's all about wasteful spending in the military. Oh, but he oh. is never gonna say. That we're wastefully spending in the military, because that would imply we need to defund the military a little bit Mm -hmm. cut back on the budget. But no, but no, he'll lose his whole grift.
0: Right. So what does he want then? (laughs) Because he can't say defund the military. Even though like it clearly needs to happen, he can't say that, yeah, but he's also has to criticize Biden's policies. And th- this kind of just goes to our point that we were making uh, in the last pod that nothing has functionally changed mm-hmm. because Biden's doing just about what Trump
1: would do, and, so and he- Trump needs something to criticize him on, and he can't. The crazy thing is this isn't even really Biden's like policy, right. This is just an independent thing going on within the military. right, yeah, he's not actually like, which is like, are you insulting that, the military?
0: Are you insulting the military, Donald Trump? Well, Trump has no respect for any of the troops at all. Oh, yeah, no. Zero. He
1: has actually outright insulted them many times. Yeah. Another fantastic quote from him is, we brought you three vaccines in record time, Pfizer, Moderna, and um, Johnson & Johnson. Oh, my God. And his audience applauded, although I'm pretty sure 98% of them are not vaccinated at all, not even one shot.
0: The cognitive dissonance of these people- to clap for the vaccines that have been delivered to American citizens, and then they just don't get the vaccine.
1: Oh, my God. It's fucking stupid. I don't
0: understand how you can have those two ideas in your head. That the vaccine is bad, but it's also good. Yeah. I, I don't understand.
1: And then he just starts. This Keep in mind, this is all within like the half an hour at, at the end that I watched. No mm. idea what he said for the first hour. I couldn't. I couldn't stomach it. <laughs> but another funny thing about it is in the background of I think the overall theme of CPEG Dallas was uncancel America.
0: That's what it was in the CPAC that was, like, in January or February or something. That's, like, their whole tour is uncancelled.
1: That shit is so corny.
0: It's so corny. It's bad. That is peak 2013 boomer Facebook memes. Like, they just got every conservative that's a part of, like whatever the think tanks are. Yeah. And that's the best they could come but up just,
1: with. That's what the Heritage Foundation does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, these guys are millionaires that is for the, that. that. That's
0: the best thing they could come up with. And they're saying shit like defund critical race theory, which is also something that popped out of a think tank, that yeah. uh, a conservative think tank, some kind of critical race theory was an idea that popped out of a think tank that conservatives could use to galvanize the base. That's mm-hmm. all it is. Because mm-hmm. they knew it, it would piss people off because, you know, it's so all our racism.
1: Ridiculous. But honestly, above oh. Other than that, we have typical law and order rhetoric talking about how we need to lock up black people and all the immigrants that come over here.
0: That's been the case since like forever.
1: Yeah. But my favorite part of the whole thing was after the speech, Fox News was talking about how they did like an exit poll Oh no! and 98% of the people who attended like of CPAC attendees (laughs) approved of Trump. Who the fuck are the 2% that don't? Why are you at CPAC Dallas? That's going to Trump's speech and just not.
0: It's well within the margin of error. It could very well just be like 100% of them, like if it's a survey. But also, this just shows that anybody that's going to these uh, kind of rallies or just events, because CPAC's not even a rally, it's just an event. Yeah. And it's conservatives. People are supporting Trump.
1: This is like conservative Comic Con. Yeah. Like regular people didn't used to go to CPAC. (laughs) Yeah.
0: but regular people don't go to
1: see <laughs> actually that still stands it's just it shows
0: the le- same point that we made last pod if there's a primary and trump's running in it he wins oh yeah 100%. like it's, it's gonna happen if he's running for president in 2024 uh there's no chance that he doesn't win and
1: it's like i also i can guarantee you that the two percent that don't approve if there really are two percent that don't approve from there are like Mitt romney never trump republicans and they love all the policies they just don't like how he says them
0: right because he calls out the game
1: exactly so he,
0: he exposes them for what they are a bit too much and like like you said, they support all the policies, Mitt Romney, people like Liz Cheney, people that like su- uh, oppose Trump, yeah. uh, Trump supposedly, all of them still vote in line with Trump most of the time. Mm-hmm. The and only difference sh- is like they called out impeachment for what it was. Yeah. I don't know.
1: And they still get eaten alive by other conservatives, too. That's oh, the yeah. crazy thing yeah. for doing nothing.
0: Right. And that just shows me that your problem isn't the policies. You just don't like his manners. Yeah. Like he's just not quiet enough for he you. just do not like his manners.
1: Like, and like that's right. a, that's the only thing that I liked about him. Is that the game? You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, yeah, He, I mean, he exposes the game for what it is, but it also he does it in a way that is, I don't even know of, a... Uh, I don't he know just, a better word other than like charismatic and like gets people to believe him.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I know what you mean. Like he's not like charismatic, like in the sense like he's not. He's a, not a cool. He's guy. not a fucking Casanova. He's not a cool guy. You know yeah. what I mean? But like he he knows how to rile up his base.
0: Yeah. All right. Moving on to the reconciliation package uh, that was recently announced as of. I don't know, a couple of days ago, maybe a week ago, by the time it the pod goes up.
1: yeah.
0: Um, Chuck Schumer announced the Senate Democrats have agreed to a $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill, uh, which requires only 51 votes to pass, on top of the $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure bill, uh, about $600 billion of which is new spending. Um, and Gage, I think you mentioned to me actually before we got on the pod that um, the IRS a yeah. uh, okay. portion of the infrastructure bill got gutted out. The so.
1: 1.2 trillion In the $1.2 trillion infrastructure bill, Democrats just completely removed the provision that was going to increase IRS funding. I think it was going to increase IRS funding by up to $40 billion over the next 10 years. And yep. Ro Khanna just tweeted out that – well, not just tweeted out, but within the last fucking day or two – tweeted out that it's estimated that this bill would get the federal government $1.2 trillion in additional revenue – because the IRS wouldn't be gutted. They could actually go after rich people.
0: Right. And we'll talk about this in just a minute. But with the uh, $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill, um, all of those provisions are uh, assumedly paid for by increases uh, in taxes on the wealthiest Americans in the corporation. So if the IRS doesn't yeah. have the funding to be able to enforce those increased uh, tax percentages, then that's not going to matter. Oh,
1: yeah. A couple interesting statistics we have here. IRS researchers have estimated that 36% of unpaid federal income taxes are owed by the top 1%. Jesus Christ. That's ridiculous. <laughs> that is insane. Oh my God.
0: Right. You want to talk about people that are like living off the government. Look at these people, not For paying real. the government anything.
1: Literally. We also know that because the IRS is just so underfunded, they only go after, not go after, they only audit half of big business.
0: Yeah. And they tend to go after middle class people or poor people because there's less money they have to sift through. Oh, glad you said that. So they can more easily uh, push their revenue up.
1: Exactly. They can't afford lawyers. We know now that the IRS targets poor and like working class middle family, middle working class families just as much (laughs) as they do rich people. Yeah. It's the same rate. And obviously they win more against poor people because they can't hire lawyers.
0: Yeah. It, it, it's ridiculous. So, I mean, if the IRS is truly not going to get any additional funding out of these infrastructure talks or recon, or the reconciliation bill, then there's not going to be much of a chance that rich people even are taxed at a higher rate anyways, even though the, the tax has gone up in legal terms.
1: Yeah, not at all. And we got some words about that later, like later yeah. on in the package. But also just the last note about this IRS thing. This just happened Sunday. Yeah, Sunday recently. they removed it. So just another interesting note. Is that they just, uh, they're bending over backwards for conservatives, a crowd that absolutely hates them and will never vote for anything that they do. (laughs) Yes. For nothing. For nothing. For literally nothing. It's it's not not even
0: confirmed that they'll vote for the bipartisan infrastructure bill that they themselves are working on.
1: And it's like, I think Joe Manchin is still even opposed to this. (laughs) <laughs> Probably, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Favorite senator yeah. Joe Manchin.
0: Anyway, the reconciliation package includes expansions to Medicare, protections for labor unions, which is uh, the PRO Act. The entirety of the PRO Act is in the bill. Uh, free community college, expanding the child tax credit, a paid family leave program, changes to immigration, and a lot more. Uh, this is a lot of Biden's economic agenda, and this reconciliation package is huge. I mean, this is much bigger than anything that Obama yeah. did in all of his eight years. So it is, it is good to see, but it. It's not even confirmed that we'll be able to get fifty-one votes on this to actually pass it.
1: Oh yeah. Also, how I know that it's never going to pass is because progressives like us love it, and especially progressives <laughs> yeah. in the House and the one in the Senate love it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joe Manchin, Kirsten Sinema hate it.
0: Right. It's it's not even a matter of getting Republicans on your side to vote for this because if you remember when we talked, what we talked about in the last episode is that um, this one point two trillion dollar bipartisan infrastructure bill is coming through. Uh, but progressives said they would only vote for it if they could confirm that they'd get an additional reconciliation bill where they didn't have to get any Republican votes. Um, and Joe Manchin and people like Kirsten Sinema have motioned that like, they'll look at it, Yeah, but there's there's no guarantee they'll vote for it. In fact, it's more likely that they don't vote for it.
1: Also, another interesting side note about this is that it's unclear whether or not the parliamentarian will even allow it. Yeah, because apparently they have that power, even though they're not elected.
0: And and that was the point I was going to make is it's unclear if the parliamentarian is going to just like rule out any of the provisions in the mm-hmm. bill, like uh, the immigration reform. They could argue that it's not actually concerning the budget, therefore it doesn't belong in budget reconciliation. The parliamentarian can be overruled, but you need a majority vote to do that. And mm-hmm. there's not a fucking chance that Joe Manchin's ever
1: going to overrule oh, the no. parliamentarian. Bro loves and respects the rules of the Senate.
0: Yeah um progressive ha progressives have praised the plan though uh, and many have said that it's the largest bill uh largest piece of legislation since the great depression which again it's it's a really good package uh it would be transformative for a lot of people um obviously i wish there was more in there but uh, there's not there's no saying that this will even pass i hope that it can because realistically this is probably the last thing biden's going to get to do before the midterms <laughs> and when the midterms come around that's probably it for the progressive agenda. Yeah,
1: I'm pretty sure we've lost. We've lost everything. We've fumbled the bet. Ba- He's fumbled the bag. Shout out last episode. <laughs> That's just the last episode exactly, title. Exactly. Just too much to recover, yeah. especially with a reconciliation package like this that, like, your average American's not going to care about. To your average American, he already lost the battle for the fifteen dollars minimum wage. He already yeah. lost the battle for every progressive measure like out there. Yeah. So what are you going to do? This just, it goes back to the culture war.
0: And we talked about voting rights last episode. Like we're not doing anything to Mm -hmm. to guarantee voting rights or to make it so all the voter suppression legislation that's being passed throughout the country is going to be reversed on a national level. Yeah. So like our election infrastructure is still falling apart and could be easily stolen in 2022 and then 2024. Uh, So this is really this big reconciliation package is really the last thing that he's probably going to be able to get passed um, under his economic agenda. So
1: probably the only thing he'll get passed.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Maybe he won't even pass it. That, yeah, we don't yeah, know. He might not even we pass it. Know. I hope that he does. I hope he can get Joe Manchin on board with this, but he may not even pass it.
1: He's not going to be to dude. The money's going to be shaved down a little bit, Yeah, and the only money that will be shaved down is whatever is directly going to help working class families.
0: Right, and it's it's good to see things like free community college, expanding the child mm-hmm. tax credit. Like The child tax credit is just social security for kids. For real. And that's really good. And a paid family leave program, something we've badly needed in this country for a long time that we're behind yeah. other countries in having, but- you don't know that every democrat's gonna vote for it because people like joe manchin exist exactly. and like you can put pressure externally on him but he's not up for election until 2024
1: Facts, but it's like bro, free community college would be such an excellent step towards free college and just equitable access to education yeah. in general yeah. we know that education is the number one way that people can lift themselves out of uh, poverty
0: yeah it's the fastest way to upward social mobility is education and if you don't have access to education then you're gonna struggle to learn any skills to actually get a job to lift yourself out of poverty. Exactly. But that also includes
1: trade schools. Trade schools should also be free. Yeah. Any form of education should be free. All education, education should, should right.
0: be free. <laughs> Big socialist podcast over That's here. That's right. Um anyway, moving on to uh an executive order that was issued by Biden not too long ago. This one actually surprised me because it was like good for yeah. the most part. Um it's an executive order on fair compensation. Uh Biden acknowledge- Oh, my bad. Not fair my compensation. Bad, my bad. Um, Definitely not fair compensation. That's not going to happen. Not for a while. (laughs) Executive order on fair competition. Biden acknowledges that a lot of industries, including healthcare, financial services and agriculture and others, have become dominated by a few mega companies. Wow. Um, I wonder who's been telling you
1: that for a while. Yeah,
0: I I wonder how that happened. Um, I wonder
1: where he got that idea.
0: Yeah. And the executive order seems to be aimed at reducing the power of these companies while uh, giving it over to consumers and workers, at least marginally. Um, some of the things that the executive order does, and there's a lot of them, so I we've tried to summarize some of the ones that we thought stuck out. Um, there's a provision that encourages employers to ban or restrict non-compete agreements, which are agreements that don't allow workers to work for a competing business which in the same field. Which is so
1: fucking stupid, right? right?
0: Right, You already have the skills. Exactly. Why can't you go work for this exactly. other Exactly, and
1: it's like we know that one, non-compete agreements just overall just impede progress. Yeah. That's one thing. And two- Y'all love to talk about the labor market, but no one likes to talk about other impediments to the labor market.
0: Yeah. Why would you not want workers that are already skilled in one field to be able to go work for another corporation or company that is in the same field?
1: Especially especially because you can you can sign an, a non-compete agreement, like when you have to, when you start onto a company or when you get fired, but you're like forced to to get your severance package. Yeah. If you're fired from a company like early break contract give you a severance package, you won't get it unless you sign a non-compete.
0: Yeah, and non-compete agreements are only helpful for corporations. They do not help consumers and definitely don't help workers. Exactly. Or uh, productivity in general. So, like, it's good that uh, he's restricting or banning them. And
1: even, like, menial employees that don't have company secrets will be forced to sign non-competes. Yeah. Stupid. Fucking ridiculous. Uh,
0: Another thing is he directs the FDA to import prescription drugs from Canada to lower the cost to consumers. Um, It's unclear if this is actually going to lower the cost. But even if it's marginally, um, because I know in Canada their drugs cost uh, a lot less than they do in the United States, um, hopefully that'll be a good thing. Uh, He also directs the HHS to support standardized options in the health insurance marketplace to make it easier to compare shop. Uh, It doesn't actually reduce the overall cost, though. I don't think he can do that with an executive order necessarily. But, like, I mean, I guess it's good to see options. It's good to see how you're going to be exploited,
1: even though it would just be. (laughs) better to have a single-payer system
0: yeah Uh, one that's actually really good is it forces internet providers to be less predatory and restricts landlords from limiting tenants to one internet option which is good because internet should be free
1: first off fuck landlords oh yeah (laughs) second you need internet to function in today's society yeah you literally can't do anything it's not a luxury anymore. you have to apply for unemployment using the internet you have to do everything over the internet Mm -hmm. like it's, it's not a luxury. It should be a right.
0: You got to look for job postings on the Internet. If you oh, my get a God. Job. You yeah. got to you gotta buy an apartment that your landlord will then restrict your Internet access to. Yeah, for real. If you want to get an apartment, you need the Internet.
1: You got a you house hunt. Realize that you're never going to be able to buy a house and then rent using the Internet.
0: hmm. Yeah. So this is a this is a good part of the executive order. Um, and there's also a plethora of other things that are going to provide relief for consumers and workers. Which is good, and we talked uh, last week about how nothing has functionally changed. This is a little bit of a deviation from that, so I'm glad to see that he's doing this. Yeah. Although the executive order doesn't actually address the source of the problem, which is capitalism, privatization, and commodification. Mm-hmm. Um, the executive order can be easily overturned when the next president comes along, if it's oh, a Republican yeah. or just anybody that's you know further to the center, yeah. which seems impossible when it's Joe Biden. Um <laughs> Workers and consumers are going to continue to be exploited because capitalism is exploitative by design. It's supposed to work that way. Um, And billionaires are still going to be infinitely better off than average Americans, even if the cost of living is reduced on the margins. So it is good to see this, but it is woefully insufficient to actually meeting the needs of the American people. Um, But hopefully this is a step in the right direction. Hopefully this is a new trend.
1: Yeah. And businesses are still just going to bitch and moan whenever anything happens to them. Yeah. They lose a dollar and they will whine to the government.
0: And I haven't really heard any coverage about this executive order really at all. Not at all. Um, and I think part of that is probably because Republicans can't really weaponize this in any way. Mm-hmm. Like it's called fair competition. Like what are you really going to do with that? Like that, that it this only has a good competition is
1: actually unfair competition.
0: Right. And it's it's pretty simple to understand when you see the text of it, but I would I would gamble that a lot of Voters probably did not hear about this and will not hear about this.
1: I think the only reason I heard about it was, like, Twitter. Yeah. Like, I saw something pop up in, like, my Twitter notifications. And, and I it, like, that's oh, only because we based. pay attention. Exactly. That's, that's only because I actively seek this stuff out. That's only
0: because we pay attention and we now have a podcast where we talk about this kind of stuff. Yeah. So, I don't know how useful this will be in persuading voters, but it's still a good thing in general, um, even if it's not going to
1: help. I don't know how useful it would be other than just lip, just lip service. Yeah. So...
0: I mean, we'll we'll take it. It's got a lot of other good stuff if you want to read up on it. So um, it's promising and I hope it's a it's a new trend for Biden's administration. Yeah. Um, the next thing, though, which was a, a big headline in the news, was Texas hating voting rights, which is not new, actually.
1: Not new. They've always hated voting rights. Um,
0: but some more some more events unfolded around them hating voting rights. So on July 12th, NBC reported that 58 Democrats in the Texas legislature staged a walkout or really a flyout, They went to D.C. to prevent Republicans from passing uh, voter suppression legislation.
1: Ooh, yeah. Quick, quick pivot from that. Um Three of the uh, the Democratic legislatures oh, caught COVID yeah. on their flyout in D.C. And yeah. they're vaccinated.
0: Yeah, they did. Um, Texas law mandates that two-thirds of the chamber be present to take votes. Uh, so 58 of them leaving means that that two-thirds rule is not being upheld. Um, therefore, they can't vote on any legislation. Yeah, But it's also against state law to leave during a session. And police can bring lawmakers back. And I think I saw Ted Cruz on some news channel saying that he's going to, like, Make the police bring them back uh, from D.C. to vote on this legislation, wow. which is like, wow, he's really committed to making he's sure really people can really committed to vote. the police state. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this law that they're uh, protesting includes stricter voter ID laws, banning early voting in some capacity, and empowering partisan uh, poll watchers, which is all just pretty awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the second walkout that has been staged by Democrats. The first one was in May to prevent Texas from passing voter suppression laws. There's also one in Texas in 2003, I think. Um which was unsuccessful. It didn't work. Yeah. Uh, so eventually, they're gonna have to come back to their home.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't. I don't really know how successful this is gonna be.
1: Yeah. In addition to Texas hating voting rights, this walkout is also stopping voting on legislation that would make it so that in Texas public schools you don't have to teach Martin Luther King, Suny yeah. B. Anthony, or Caesar Chavez, or just anything about the civil rights movement at all. And I don't think you can outwardly say that white supremacy is bad either. Right. And you have to talk about current events with like a neutral lens.
0: Maybe this is what Trump meant when he said defund critical race theory. Yeah, for real. (laughs) Even though it's not even critical race theory to talk about the civil rights movement.
1: Oh, Ron DeSantis would disagree. Oh my goodness.
0: It's... (laughs) yeah it's unclear how successful this is going to be i believe they went to uh the texas democrats went to dc so that they could protest outside of the Capitol or in dc somewhere outside
1: of a state since dc is not a state <laughs>
0: yeah this, yeah uh they're protesting to make sure that hr1 could be passed which probably won't be and joe happen. manchin's watered on plan probably won't be we also talked about that last week on the pod um so i i hope that this goes well i hope it does something but it's It's unclear if it's actually going to. And Trump won Texas by 6% in the general election, which is quite a bit, uh, but it's significantly less than other Republicans have won the state in previous elections.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's significantly more blue for Texas.
0: Right, and it, I think that the democrat or the the demographics match up in Texas in a way that would make you think that it could be a blue state, mm-hmm. but the voter suppression laws are just so bad.
1: Oh yeah, and especially the gerrymandering. At, oh, like, and the gerrymandering, which, which goes hand just in hand, completely just disintegrates the black vote. Yeah, and our elections cut up lack into six districts.
0: our elections lack all kinds of national integrity. Yeah, there there is no structure for our elections beyond what the states impose. So federalism baby yeah texas can really do whatever they want um eventually the democrats that that fled texas are gonna have to come back and if they do the law is gonna pass
1: no question Um, Or maybe they'll get arrested
0: or maybe they'll get arrested (laughs) yeah well if they get arrested they can be forced to come back
1: true
0: yeah um maybe republicans see the writing on the wall when it comes to texas and the electorate uh the only way they can stay in power is by making it harder to vote and that's what they're doing yep uh, that's the only way Republicans can win. That's what they're going to continue to do. Um, and it's good to see Democrats are trying to fight against this. And I, I hope it works out for them, especially because we got elections coming up. Exactly. Shout out. Elections going
1: shout up. out Texas Dems for actually having the balls to do something. Yeah. Even though it's probably not going to work out. At least they're trying to do something that conservatives would do.
0: Yeah. Um. So let's let's talk about Cuba. I, I imagine this might be our this longest is a big section. topic. Yeah. This might be our longest section today. Um, a lot there's I've seen many bad takes about Cuba, mm-hmm. like uh, on both sides. Oh, yeah. Let me just play enlightened centrist here. OK, OK. <laughs> um, so recently, Cuba has erupted into protests against the current government amidst food and medicine shortages that have been prominent throughout the pandemic. Uh, like I said, I've seen many people on the left um, to defend the Cuban government almost as a reactionary, saying that all the protesters are from the CIA, which.
1: I, which is so fucking stupid. Which
0: is dumb, but I could believe the U.S. having some kind of involvement because they always. Oh yeah, knew, I could believe but, like
1: we're agitating. But yeah. that's <laughs> it's reminiscent of the argument that all of the Capital Six rioters are BLM and Antifa.
0: Yeah, it's it just doesn't make any sense. But I've also seen many conservatives weaponize the news of protest as a condemnation of socialism and communism,
1: mm. which is
0: also stupid.
1: Oh yeah, just not true at all.
0: Yeah, no, and I, <laughs> and it's funny because I saw Fox News condemned Cuba for not providing food and medicine for their citizens, but they also say that providing food and medicine for their citizens in this country is socialism.
1: Exactly. It's the same thing that, oh, Denmark's not socialist. They're capitalist. Okay. But they're more socialist than
0: us. Yeah. So let's adopt their... uh, their Yeah. Okay. Let's be like
1: Denmark then. I love capitalism then. Yeah.
0: It, It... it doesn't make any sense how conservatives are using uh, the protests as a means to say that socialism is bad, especially because yeah. they're not even really socialist.
1: Which is funny. It, it's especially funny because once you look into it, a lot of the protests in Cuba are essentially just a cab. A lot of it's protesting yep. the police state because it, it is a horrible police state there. Yeah. Like ma- massive government overreach when it comes to police violence and everything. But they would never acknowledge that in the U.S. Mm. Not at like, all. Like why?
0: OK, you take a look at BLM protests that happened throughout the the summer of 2020 much
1: more tame than this too
0: right and and you see everything that happened in America and how conservatives were saying back the blue blue lives matter all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff where is that kind of rhetoric when it comes to uh Cubans protesting here yeah because cops are really doing the same thing but they're not supporting the Cuban police why yeah. is that
1: and it's like the also the argument that is like well why don't you listen to actual Cubans one a lot of the Cubans that are here. Formerly held slaves under Batista (laughs) yeah, or
0: their families did. Yeah, exactly.
1: And two, I just think that's a stupid argument, no matter which way you slice it, because it's like, oh, why don't you listen to actual Americans about America's problems? (laughs) My opinions on America's issues vary vastly from all most of the people around me.
0: Right. And you could find anybody that'll say anything like i'm exactly. sure you could go to cuba and find someone that's like yeah i'm protesting because i love capitalism
1: exactly big grifters everywhere
0: yeah it, like you could find somebody that says that that doesn't mean it's actually reflective of whatever there's got
1: to be a tim pool in cuba you know oh my god bro
0: tim pool in cuba exactly nah.
1: Whew, tim cast irl
0: <laughs> uh, photos shared of the protests show protesters overturning cars and stealing necessities from shops um this just shows that the economic uh, conditions are tightening and continuously worsening, um, and it shows that this is the lengths that people will go to, yep. you know, when they don't have access to to stuff that they need. And it's ridiculous that Fox News and other conservatives support this but condemn the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. People are being constricted by the government because, oh, not just uh, the Cuban government, but also the U.S. government with the embargo. Oh, yeah. Uh, because Get they to don't that have, later. They don't. Yeah, they don't have access to essential resources, and then. Fox News is supporting them rioting, but then they hate when BLM does it. Yeah, I I don't I don't understand, and it's because they're using it to condemn socialism. But it's just it's ridiculous the lengths these people will go to to contradict their own views.
1: Mm-hmm. The the cognitive dissonance.
0: Yeah. Um. <laughs> another bad take from Biden. He praised the Cuban protesters. Um. But he refuses to lift the embargo that pushed the yeah. economic conditions to become so bad, such that people are now protesting. Um. I mean. It, there are a lot of people in the streets protesting, but like we said, it's it's more nuanced than like they're rejecting socialism.
1: Oh, yeah. It's incredibly nuanced, especially yeah. because like you also have protests and you have counter protests. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Even there here you have protests. people protesting for white supremacy. Like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's counter protests that are happening um, uh, that are coming out in support of the uh, Castro regime um, and against the, the current protests that are happening, saying like we need medicine and food and then to overthrow the Cuban government. Yeah. They're not actually saying
1: that. Another anymore. funny thing about just American coverage of these protests is I saw this one clip on Fox News. They were showing a picture of what they thought was an anti-government protest, but right. it wasn't. They just blurred out the flags. <laughs> and then I've seen, I've seen other pictures of the protests in Cuba, uh-huh. quote unquote, that have been from just other countries.
0: Yeah. It's, it's it's insane how people are weaponizing this. And honestly, like I said, I'm playing the Enlightened Centrist.
1: It's both sides. Exactly. Number one Enlightened Centrist comp- podcast.
0: It's, it's both sides on this. Um, I know the U.N. held a vote recently uh, where every country in the U.N., except Israel and the United States, voted so, that the embargo on Cuba should be lifted.
1: Like, why? The the why?
0: embargo has been in place for the last, what, 50, 60 years? It's I, a Kennedy-era I'm, policy. Yeah. Why do we still have this massive embargo on this country the likes of which we have on no other country mm-hmm. it's an island nation and it's only hurting people yeah yes the cuban government has historically been repressive uh and they have like a disdain for the media and they you
1: which don't are have all much, bad things which are all like, bad things those like, are bad things
0: the cuban government is overreaching in a lot of aspects but why do we have this embargo on
1: a country that's only hurting the citizens and people love to say oh it's not the embargo that does it okay then get rid of it yeah like, what? what what's the reason for us upholding the embargo other than, like, the culture war against socialism?
0: Yeah, the embargo is not helping in any way. No, and, not and at all. The situation in Cuba and the U.S.'s uh, reaction to it is also reminiscent of what's happening in Venezuela and what has happened over the last decade. Oh, my
1: God. Yeah. Our embargoes on Venezuela, our sanctions on Venezuela are literally just against the people. We stop food trucks from coming in. Just ev- almost everything that we do against countries that we deem that are socialists is wholly unethical.
0: Yeah, all of it is unethical, and the policies are only ever geared towards starving these countries by squeezing them and taking all their economic resources or placing massive embargoes on them so they can't feed their people. Exactly. And then when they can't feed their people, we condemn them and say
1: that that's because of socialism. Exactly. (laughs) But then trying to feed your people in this country is also socialism. Oh, yeah, literally, bro. It's just always, well, socialism has never worked. Why? Oh, Vuvuzuela.
0: Yeah, these words have no meaning to them. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's crazy is I've seen that liberals and people on the right have kind of been agreeing with each other on the Oh, it's just like do. Israel. Yeah, they're saying that they shouldn't lift the embargo. And they're also calling for the U.S. to maybe not invade Cuba, but get involved in some capacity to interfere with what is happening. Because that's always historically worked.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Literally every time. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> Every time the U.S. has invaded another country or got involved in their affairs, it always works. Not
1: even just another country. Every time the U.S. has invaded Cuba, it's turned out wonderfully.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe there's a there's a nice landing zone in the yeah, Bay of. Shout Kicks out the Bay Lincoln of Kings tried. invasion. <laughs> yeah, I I don't understand why we're trying to do this, especially because the CIA doesn't seem as strong as it used to be. Like we're not like toppling governments anymore right Thank now. God. Like not the, well, right. It's a good God. thing that they don't have the power, but I don't know why we're like, I don't know, some liberals and conservatives are pretending that we can actually accomplish something like that. Like, we're not going to do anything. Yeah. Like, or... they're they're unironically liberals. The same ones that are like, we can't engage in regime regime change are the ones that are saying we should engage in regime change. Mm-hmm. Which,
1: why? One, it's none of our business. Two, My freedom's not embargo. in Cuba. <laughs> Just lift the embargo. Lift the
0: also. embargo. My freedom's not in Cuba.
1: In- another interesting, like talking point i've heard about this is one that it's not the embargo and two because the embargo doesn't um the embargo doesn't affect food or medical supplies but what the like directly but what the embargo does do is any ship that docks in cuba cannot dock in the u.s for six months mm-hmm. and any business that does business in cuba can't do business in america we are yeah. the number one economic powerhouse in the world if you cut yourself off from being able to do business with America, you cut yourself off from being able to do business with all of America's allies also.
0: Yeah, which is a lot of the world, or it's that's where a lot of the, the exactly. economic wealth is in the world.
1: Like Nobody's going to stop doing business with the U.S. just because they want to, because they want to support the small island nation that's wholly like, insignificant on right, in the world and, economic scale. And,
0: and people point to the embargo on Cuba not specifically targeting medicine and food, As evidence that it doesn't need to go. But systemic racism. Why does it need to stay? Well, it doesn't need to stay, but also systemic racism in this country, a lot of the laws don't directly say black people Mm -hmm. cannot do this, but. The law is written such that black people suffer more often. Exactly. That's why when people are like, well, point to a specific law that is actually racist, <laughs> there's dozens you can point to. Yeah. But it's not specifically saying a certain race is not allowed to do this or a certain race will be barred from doing that. It's the same thing in the Cuba embargo. It's not directly saying medicine is being targeted, but that's the result. So that's why we need to change it and get rid of it.
1: Exactly. Shut Absurd. <laughs> Fuck the embargo.
0: Yeah. It's it's just another example of U.S. imperialism uh, and the West trying to control all of the world and it's got to stop. Yeah. It's got to stop. Um, the basic summary is that it's a protest. It's not a protest against socialism or for capitalism. It's a protest against worsening economic conditions that have been perpetuated by U.S. imperialism and uh, the shortcomings of the Cuban government, which, like we said, has a history of being repressive. But that doesn't necessarily mean that that's a condemnation of socialism.
1: Mode of gov- Your mode of governance doesn't determine your economic system right like you you could have an authoritative socialist regime and you can have a whatever the fuck the opposite is socialist (laughs) regime too you know right like you can have a complete democracy
0: i'm not gonna like pretend to be a a scholar on cuban history or anything yeah but for most of its existence in modern history cuba has been squeezed and squeezed by the powers of the of the world really all the major economic and military powers it's an island nation that has been continuously squeezed. Of course, it's going to become authoritarian. Mm-hmm. Like, what do we expect? We, for all intents and purposes, the United States played into it becoming an authoritarian state.
1: Yeah. Still wrong, though. Like, right? Y- you can yeah. you can point out the reasons why these things happen. It's it's the same thing with like almost every other like leftist regime in history. A lot of them have been pretty bad, pretty wrong, but they've yeah. been trying to do good things.
0: Yeah, and like we can be critical of the Cuban government while also being critical of the United States' role in oppressing the cuban people yeah like i don't think that it's it's one or the other um the right's always going to call whatever we do socialism oh no matter what it is no matter what it is or critical race theory (laughs) yeah i mean it's basically you can sub those two terms in for each other like they're gonna call whatever we do socialism no matter what happens our focus should be on helping people and the thing that would help the most people at least from our standpoint Mm -hmm. uh, in the united states is lifting that embargo that's the one thing we can control we can't control if they're an authoritarian state really Unless we, like, invade, which historically which has not gone do. well. Right. So the only real thing we can do is uh, lift the embargo and diplomatically use our levers of power to push Cuba to become a democracy. The Cuban mm-hmm. people deserve a democracy. But we can't force that upon them. Yeah. Because it, we never have been able to. It's none
1: of our business, too. Yeah. just like,
0: also, Ridiculous. Just
1: final point about Cuba. So many Instagram infographics that I've seen on people's stories are just... <laughs> Cuba has been under dictatorship for 61 years. It's been a lot longer than that, my guy. Yeah. Batista, like, everyone just loves to ignore the Batista's regime, which the U.S. implemented after previous coup in Cuba. Yeah. And the important thing when, like, analyzing what's going on in Cuba is comparing it to the previous regime. Things are a lot better than they were under Batista. There was literal slavery under Batista.
0: Yeah. And we didn't even mention that Cuba has, like, I don't know if it's the highest or some of the highest literacy rates in the I think world. Think it's a hundred
1: percent literacy rate. Hundred
0: percent literacy rate. They produce some of the best doctors in the world. Number one
1: export is doctors. Um, and I
0: remember during the twenty twenty primary or yeah primary election, uh, Bernie Sanders got a lot of flack for saying that he supported uh, Castro's literacy programs and uh, yeah. medicine programs, but it's true that. Castro's regime did a lot to improve medicine in the country. Exactly. And did a lot to improve literacy rates in the country. You can say these things without being supportive of authoritarianism.
1: And the police state. Like, nothing is wholly bad. Nothing is wholly good.
0: Right. Like, I feel like, like people that just say, like, it's one or the other just lack all nuance. And oh, it's, yeah. It's ridiculous. I don't understand it. Moving swiftly on, I think Gage has some news for us about a uh, UBI program in California.
1: That's right. It pretty sure it just broke late Sunday night early Monday morning, but California is launching a new UBI program like statewide legislator unanimously yeah. voted for it. But here's the kicker. It's not really universal basic income. The inc- I I'll, I'll admit it's a, it's a good thing. It's definitely a good thing. So here are some highlights of it. The program is going to prioritize pregnant women and kids 21 plus who have aged out of the foster care system with up to $1,000 a month stipends. Mm-hmm. These stipends aren't considered income. I'm pretty sure it's going to be tax free, but the important part is that it will not stop them from receiving other like, state benefits. Yeah. They could still apply for welfare. This money is not going to be a benefits, uh, benefits cliff.
0: Yeah, and I think the safe thing to assume is that it probably will not work that well. But yeah. I'm glad that a state like California is trying to implement this, especially with their like rampant homelessness problem. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's good that they are at least trying to implement something like UBI. And I'm glad to see um, that UBI programs are being piloted elsewhere in the country. Um, well, I mean, elsewhere, I really just mean in one place. Yeah, I think
1: it, most of them have just been in California and yeah. they've all been successful.
0: Yeah, I know I've, I've heard of other UBI programs working in, like, localities. I haven't heard of anything on a statewide level, though. So it's yeah. good to see this, and I hope that it's successful. But I guess it's – I'm going to lean towards Republicans gutting it anyway.
1: Oh, yeah. wouldn't be surprised if it just doesn't last because the only ones that have last have been um, local, like, city governments or like, locality governments imposing these little things with, like, 75 people.
0: Yeah, which is still, like, for those 75 people, that's life-changing.
1: Yeah, like, there was one, I think it was $500 a month for two years, and they saw only benefits. Yeah. Like, they saw the average wage increase in the area, too, is very good thing because yeah. ubi is a and, good thing yeah surprise
0: and the only reason i said that i'm not like optimistic is because it's a statewide program where i feel like it's just gonna get gutted eventually anyways
1: oh yeah and it's got a pretty big drawback too right 50 percent of the funding has to come from non-government organizations uh, a city or locality cannot receive like the state money unless 50 percent of their funding comes uh, from ngos
0: why are we depending on the charity of these organizations exactly. to be able to make UBI work. It's ridiculous. Which,
1: it's charities of all these nonprofits. And you know, these nonprofits are just going to be run by rich liberals. Yeah. And they're not doing it out of the goodness of their own heart. They're doing it for the tax benefits.
0: Yeah. Like, I feel like intent matters here, especially when we're talking about a program that would yeah. be designed to lift people out of poverty and give them access to things like education and health care. Like we said, a $1,000 stipends, even in a place like California where it's, it's so expensive very to live. Good. Is really good. It's a good policy. Um, one that I want to see implemented elsewhere. But it makes me uncomfortable that half of the funding has to come from NGOs. Yeah,
1: this is just this is the leftist critique of it, though. Yeah. Cause like from the point of view, this is a fantastic policy. And I will agree that this is going to have benefits for people like the yeah. especially the pregnant women and kids 21 plus who have been in foster care.
0: Yeah, it's. I hope it goes well, and I do think that it will do some amount of good. I just fear that, one, it's going to be gutted, and these people that are on the program are going to be left out to dry eventually, Mm -hmm. or it's just going to end up being a privatized version of UBI, which is like, I I guess.
1: And with 50% of the funding coming from NGOs, I have to wonder whether or not those NGOs are going to be able to impose restrictions on who gets it. Oh, my God. Like, are they going to stop people with a criminal record from getting it? That would effectively just get rid of a lot of the kids in foster care that need it.
0: Yeah, I, that's actually a good point that I hadn't thought of. I hope that there's no lever of power for them to be able to impose it, some it kind of restriction. It needs to be no
1: strings attached money. I know yeah. the way that the people who receive it can spend it is just completely no strings attached, which is amazing good. because they're going to be spending it on commodities no good. matter what.
0: And did you say that um, they can also like be working a job while getting UBI? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's really good. It's just basically extra income on top of any income that you already have mm-hmm. so that you can survive. Yeah, because you need to. I mean, fundamentally, that's what this is. And I guess it's a good substitute while we do not have national programs like any kind of socialized medicine or free uh, Mm -hmm. college or anything like that. So it matters. It's good. Uh, It would certainly help us get some more podcast equipment
1: (laughs) or maybe get out of my basement. (laughs) Maybe
0: get out of Gage's basement. Maybe get through college. Yeah, maybe
1: pay for college this year.
0: Who knows? Who knows? All right. Moving on to our final topic. And that's uh, it's kind of part more, of the culture war lighthearted too. a little bit. Yeah, a little bit more lighthearted, a part of the culture war. You may wonder why we're stooping to this level. I just think it's really funny. And I think that we have to talk about it.
1: Nice. And I think there are some there are some interesting like points to be made that do have real effects going forward.
0: Yeah. We're talking about Captain America, the that's comics specifically. Because in a recent issue of the Captain America comics, uh, Cap reflects on how the American dream is basically a lie and we never actualized its promise. And you already know conservatives went into a frenzy over this. And you
1: already know that's base as hell.
0: Yeah. And I mean <laughs> it will, we're, we're gonna talk about this probably in a minute, but like it's people are mad that it's political. Comics are always political. Comics are always every political. superhero movie is Especially political. Especially
1: Captain America has always been political and left like left leaning.
0: He's called Captain America. Yeah. Like, that's a country. Of <laughs> course it's going to be political. Anyway, conservatives went into a frenzy over this as if Captain America hasn't always been political. Um,
1: And as if Captain America hasn't always been like this, too. Yeah. Like, every few years, there's a Captain, like, a speech that comes out of the comics that's like this. Captain America has also passed on the mantle to, like, people in marginalized communities. Yeah. It was... A lot like this when Sam Wilson had the mantle in the comics. I think recently uh, they just had a, um, a trans man take up the mantle and like, oh, pretty based. It's like I didn't even know that the Captain America comics have been getting very based recently. But you know, this is what they choose to focus on, right?
0: And he's known for combating fascism and like yeah, punching Nazis punch on the covers. On the cover, yeah. Like, of course, it's going to be political. Fascism is a part of political ideologies. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Um, And ironically, I thought it was ironic that the right wants to cancel Captain America, Mm -hmm. even though he's literally not real. Mm -hmm. He's not real. It's a made up character. Um, And like what I don't understand is that creating literature and art and comics is a part of free speech. Yeah. Something that Marvel is engaging in by writing comics and and creating the uh, Captain America character. So why does the right want to stop this if they love free speech so much?
1: Because the, the right just historically has loved to police art that promotes free thinking. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
0: like i mean like come on his name is captain america i'm pretty sure he was built to literally just be propaganda to get people on the side of oh, world war ii literally or you, get, get people on the side of supporting america in world war ii that was the point right so like how are you gonna be mad yeah. when he's against you now Dude, or, always, always has been really and
1: like honestly this is real patriotism like, like yeah through and through it's like you should be pointing out the flaws within your country to make it better
0: and if you look at the pages he's not even really saying that like america sucks i'm you know going to stage a revolution against the government yeah, bro october he's, revolution right time. he's not saying that he's literally just saying that we've never actualized the promise of america or the american dream so that's something we have to continue fighting for yeah. that's all he's saying
1: it's just we have to make things better yeah it's yes.
0: just it's just a part of the culture war and i think conservatives are talking about this so much because they can't actually talk about other issues oh 100 like this is something this is something that i realized when i was on my uh, radicalization uh, journey, journey over over the past few years is that conservatives focus so much on these issues that don't matter They're like just Captain America
1: margins Captain America trans bathrooms yeah gay marriage back in like 2007 2008
0: they focus on these issues that have no actual impact on policy yeah just because it's useful to galvanize the base and make people angry they can't actually have an a real discussion with you about healthcare or education Mm -hmm. or climate change. They don't understand those topics and all of their takes are bad and only hurt people.
1: And this is what the thing takes focus on.
0: Yeah. Like it's, it's just pumping out. It's pumping out things like critical race theory that we talked about earlier, which is literally just a theoretical framework to understand how you will be oppressed in society based on your race and how people of certain races have been historically oppressed. It's just a way
1: to think about how we look at laws. Yes, and, and it's like yeah, it's a legal term. Laws.
0: It's a legal term, and r- conservatives are going to use issues like critical race theory, like Captain America, like the Black Lives Matter protest, to galvanize their base, uh, and and get people mad about issues that aren't actually real.
1: Oh yeah, and what I think is just the most important aspect of the story in of itself, other than like the conservative outrage machine, is how this manifests in creating new subsections of the all right pipeline. Yeah. When I was younger, like I've always been fucking uber nerd, right? Big comic, big Star Wars guy. And it was around, I can't remember what year it was, when Star Wars Episode 8, The Last Jedi came out, that a bunch of these YouTube channels just started popping up criticizing The Last Jedi misogynistically, not for like the story <laughs> reasons. Like, I don't mess with that movie, but it's not because I don't like women. You right. know what I mean? And a lot of YouTube channels also started popping up criticizing the diversity in comics. Because around the time it was um, the Iron Man mantle had been passed to a black girl, Riri Williams. Sam Wilson had been Captain America. They'd been doing some like some some lib shit within comics, just like useless race changes, which I think kind of dumb sometimes. But I also don't care because it doesn't matter. You know,
0: right like haven't haven't we had enough just plain white male characters exactly like why is it so bad that we move on from that so it actually reflects what the world looks like the only, i don't the, think that's a bad thing i
1: think the only critique that is really acceptable on race changing characters is that we should be creating new characters yeah, that are yeah. just wholly black yeah I or think wholly so whatever community they come from i yeah. think that's a better way to go about it but i don't think that race changes are a bad thing
0: yeah and you know you may be wondering how this is politically re- uh, relevant it's important for people growing up uh, that may not have figures they can look to in the media. It's important to see representation there.
1: That's why Black Panther was such a cultural like icon. Right, that movie exactly. That
0: blew up. It's important to see people in the media that you feel like you can resonate with. Because if you don't, then that's just going to be another thing on top of the rest of society that is oppressing you that makes you feel like you can't actually accomplish anything.
1: Exactly. And then the thing is like... Nobody bats an eye when the cast of an action movie is just all just big, traditionally masculine white Mm -hmm. guys just killing people, killing brown, black and brown people over in some southern country. You know what I mean? But as soon as that cast is either like a majority like people of color or majority female, people are up in arms about Hollywood's woke agenda.
0: Yeah. And for no reason, what is that actually doing to hurt like the policies that are in, in place in the place that you live exactly. it's not doing anything
1: yeah, it's not even about that it's like have, have you really never walked into a room that's been like a majority of women have you never been in these like places before bro yeah. like come on have like you never like never been around? seen a black person yeah before? Facts.
0: like what are you mad about it's so stupid the culture war is so stupid and that's why we gotta talk about it exactly we gotta expose but- it for what it is
1: it's so easy to fall into when you're a young, impressionable high schooler. It's the all right pipeline. I'm sure you all know about yeah. it, but it's just this other sector. It's just getting into like comics and just any, sec- any piece of entertainment. They will just put their grubby little stupid fucking hands <laughs> on grubby little mitts onto and hold on and just suck the life out of anything. These dudes will upload like four videos a day. Oh my God, about I know. like a comic or something just ranting about how they hate black people, but not like they don't hate black people, but you know, like
0: welfare queens, you know what I mean? Right, exactly. And we talk about Captain America, but nothing that happens in Marvel comics or the movies actually matter when you're talking about the material conditions people are exposed to and that exactly. is what matters facts like your access to healthcare your access to education how climate change is our uh, how climate change is impacting the place that you live those things matter captain america does not fucking matter when it comes to that stuff no and the fact that fox news will just platform these stupid talking points instead of actually talking about issues that matter to real people is just insane i mean it's what they always do it's what they've done forever so yeah it's
1: like it doesn't directly matter it indirectly does because the fucking alt-right pipeline yeah young impressionable kids like they see these videos they click on them they're like hey yeah that is kind of stupid then all of a sudden they're getting recommended steven crowder ben shapiro tim pool all those other grifters and they're just going down this reactionary loophole until they're a nazi yep (laughs) <laughs> yeah
0: that's how they get
1: you that's how, that's how they get you right there
0: but see we're combating that right exactly right now because we're exposing the trend for what it is on the head of the office podcast um anything else on captain america gauge
1: um i don't think so uh speech is pretty based
0: yeah oh yeah i mean we're talking about uh the uh falcon and winter soldier
1: Oh, yeah. No, I was talking about the issue. But like, yeah, at the end of Falcon, we Soldier, If you've seen that, that speech Sam Wilson gives to the senator pretty based, although I don't think homeboy would change his mind in real life.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, no, we're not going to. No spoilers here. But uh, that show is also another one that has to do with Captain America. So, like, yeah, shout out Carly. Yeah. Um, all right. I think that's that's all we got for you guys today on the pod. Thank you for listening. Make sure to leave a review. You can check out our YouTube channel. Drop
1: a five-star review. Like and subscribe on the YouTube channel. Please, I'm begging you.
0: I will do anything for it. If you drop I a five-star anything. review, uh, we can read it on the pod. Uh, I know that we're supposed to get up on Apple Music. Or not Apple Music. Apple, Apple Podcasts Podcast pretty soon. soon. Um, so hopefully that'll be an option for all of you Apple people out there. That's right. Uh, but we're everywhere else right now. Make sure to leave a review. Um, check out the YouTube. And uh, thanks for listening. I love you. (laughs) I love you. Bye, everyone.
1: Goodbye.